Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm so grateful that you are here becoming the conscious mama bear you were born to be. I am so excited to have Aphosia on. We just met like a week ago, right? And yes. um, I think you walked into the room, our mutual friend introduced us, and like we both started like getting body chills, like yes. <laughs> just like automatically started talking about crazy woo-woo stuff that we are so into and then we got to know each other really quick and I was like I need to have you on my podcast so here you are welcome thank you I'm so happy to be here yeah I feel like we were like magnets and I think it's uh both of us being Scorpios and loving to go deep like we just went real deep and like kept it real real fast so I'm so happy to be here thanks for having me yeah so tell us a little bit about the work you're doing today yeah So I am, I call myself a transformation coach. I also call myself a subconscious guide, but essentially I do subconscious reprogramming with my clients. I have a private practice and um, I incorporate uh, my training as a certified nutritionist, a holistic health coach. Um, I'm a Psych K facilitator. Psych K is a rapid change process that allows us to make really profound changes at the subconscious level. It's really a form of quantum leaping, of quantum mm-hmm. healing. Um, and then I also use the human design system. And I, I uh, combine all of these modalities to help my clients really tap into their truth, into their true essence, their authenticity, to give them permission to really be themselves in this lifetime, to really, um, you know, be able to fulfill what it is that their souls so deeply desire. And then I use the subconscious work to help people identify and then clear the blocks that are preventing them from having the kind of life that they really desire, that they really want. It's really very rewarding work. Yeah. It's so cool. It's like all the stuff that I love and am bringing into my own practice too, because you have your own fertility journey. And we've talked about this before of like the things we know now, like could have transformed the way we move through our fertility journey. So just tell us a little bit about what you experienced when it was, you know, when you guys decided to start trying for a family. Yeah. So we had been married for about four or six years at that point. And finally, all of a sudden, like my biological clock, like my body was like, it's time. I want, I want to experience this. And 
I thought that it was going to happen right away. I was 31 when we started trying to get pregnant and it didn't happen right away. And it was really interesting because just a couple months in of trying to get pregnant, all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's never going to happen. Like if it hasn't happened by now, it's never going to happen. And then there was a lot of like, you know, do I deserve this? Do I have the right to even want to have a baby? Like, is it really meant for me? And then all of a sudden I see my friends around me getting pregnant like so easily. And it was a huge hit to me. It was like, I really felt like I was so unworthy. Like everybody else was so worthy of having what they wanted. And you know, like when you're trying to get pregnant, it's the only thing that you can think about. It was so all consuming. And so we started at some point during that first year doing some testing there was nothing that came up for me. Um, I ovulated like clockwork, you know, all my blood levels were fine. There was really nothing quote unquote wrong. My, um, my husband at the time, he did have some sperm morphology issues that kind of came up later on. Um, and then sometime in the second year, probably like about 18 months in, we started doing IUI and I was taking Clomid, I was so, I, it made me crazy because I didn't need those hormones. I just didn't need them because I wasn't lacking in that way, right? Like my hormones were all like on point. Um, and it made me totally crazy. We did the first round of IUI and it didn't take. The second round, I ovulated on day eight. I could feel it. They had me come in on day 12 and I was like, you guys have already ovulated. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work it's too late. And they're like, well, let's just do it anyway. And I remember leaving the fertility doctor's office and I was in the parking garage and I called my husband and I was like, screw this. I am done with this. The timing was totally off. I don't want to try anymore. I just want to like enjoy life. And a month later, we conceived naturally at home. It was like, yeah, it was the next cycle that we conceived naturally at home. And I had finally had alcohol for the first time in two years. I actually had a dinner party for my girlfriends and relaxed and I had champagne and I got pregnant that night. Yeah. Typical story, right? Like just yes. relax and it will happen. Yep. Just um, let go. Just let With go. the hindsight that you see, because this is what I say to people, it wasn't the relaxing per se um, in that short time. It wasn't that glass of wine helped you relax. It was, it was like a combination of changing up maybe some things, just little things. And then the release of the stress allowed yeah. like everything to fall into place. Right. Totally. So all that yes. hard work you were doing, but because you were holding on so hard yes. to that hard work. Yes. The clenching. Then, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so there were so many things that like in hindsight, I'm looking back and I'm like, well, you know, it was this need to control everything because everything felt so out of control. And, you know, now at this point in my life, so many years later, like I surrender, I just surrender to the flow of what's supposed to happen and, and just trusting, you know, I have this inherent trust in the flow of life now, which I didn't have at that time. And I had to work through a lot of these limiting self-beliefs that I had about myself that, you know, am I worthy and deserving of having what I want, of having the life that I want? Do I have the right to even want what I want? And um, so, yeah, it was, it was a combination of timing 
you know, it was a combination of doing, doing the work. I did a lot of homeopathy and other healing modalities, energy work during those two years that I think really prepped me for being um, a really capable and solid mom. I mean, I remember at the beginning of my journey, I was like, you know, I don't want to bring my kids into, um, into an environment that doesn't support their, their greatest well-being, you know, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual being. And so I think that because I set that intention at the beginning of my journey, it took some time for me to get there. What, you know, that's something that we don't realize. And mm -hmm. our souls have their own timing. We all have our own timing. And it's a matter of trusting in our own timing and not comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like impossible until you realize, you know, totally. like most people yes. would hear that and just be like, nah, that's like, that's just fucked up. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, exactly. it's the truth. It's so annoying. Yeah. So annoying to hear. And when you're going through it, it's like, yeah, it's like, fuck you. Like, mm -hmm. shut the fuck up. Like, I can't because this yeah. is what I want, you know? And uh, so, yeah, it was quite the journey for me, quite the journey. And then when I um, was ready to get pregnant with my second, um, and my kids are exactly almost exactly three years apart. I have two boys. We got pregnant on the first try. It was like, my husband was like, are you, are we going to do this? Cause we're not getting any younger. And I was like, okay, sure. And then we got pregnant just yeah. like that. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, an amazing story. Um, but there, there was a hidden issue that um, wasn't getting brought up on any tests, even functional tests um, with your thyroid. Um, yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that journey. So I lived in Seattle and I, you know, my primary care physician had always been a naturopath. And I always felt that I had low thyroid just from the symptoms, but I was sub subclinical, you mm -hmm. know, and I actually, my experience over the course of 10 years before I even tried to get pregnant was me saying to my naturopath, like, I think that I'm low thyroid and them saying to me, you're a hypochondriac, mm -hmm. you know, like, because I didn't present like a sick person. I didn't have the typical weight gain that someone with low thyroid has. I didn't, I didn't present as hypothyroid, but I, after I had my first son, I had really terrible postpartum depression. Um, I was never medicated. I, it was just a real struggle. I felt very alone. My milk supply never came in properly. I had a midwife, I had a home birth. And I remember it was like, you know, 12 hours postpartum after birth. And she was like, you know, it's possible that your milk supply is never going to come in. I just want you to know that. And I was just like, oh God, okay. So it was very unsupportive, very unsupportive. I sought out all this help, like six different specialists. And we lived in Seattle. Like this was like the Mecca for, for breastfeeding. You would, you would have thought that like with all of the, breastfeeding specialist there that somebody could have helped me, mm -hmm. but nobody could help me. And so my thyroid, my, I think that my thyroid was low. And I think that the trauma of childbirth, which, you know, even if you have the most beautiful birth, it's still traumatic, mm -hmm. right? I think that it, it, it triggered that. And, um, and then after I had my second son, 
about my milk supply came in within 12 hours. Actually, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It was a very healing experience for me. My first birth was 42 hours. My second birth was six hours from start to finish. My milk came in, you know, real quick. And but then about three, four months postpartum with my second, I started to feel like I was going crazy. I was having crazy mood swings. I was having vertigo. Uh, my milk supply disappeared. I, my, I wasn't losing the weight. It, it, I really felt like I was going insane. I went to an endocrinologist. He did a, an ultrasound of my thyroid and he said, oh, you have a goiter and it looks and feels like a Hashimoto's goiter, but I'm not going to medicate you because your labs are normal. So he's like, you're, he's like, you're just a new mom. You just need to write it out. And I remember thinking to myself, if I have to write this out, something bad is going to happen. I mean, I used to, I remember sitting on the couch and I had such crazy vertigo. I was holding Felix, my, my youngest, he was like three months old. I was holding him and I had such crazy vertigo that I thought I was going to drop him. And I called my husband sobbing because I didn't know what to do. And then I finally found an, um, an, an integrative um, uh, medicine physician and, um, who does functional medicine. And they were like, oh, looking at your labs, if we had your levels, we would be totally like toast by, by noon. Like, how, how do you have any energy? And I was like, I don't have any energy. And so I got on thyroid medication. So this was nine years ago. This was nine plus years ago. And it helped a lot within 24 hours of taking just, I don't know, it was like half, half grain, which is not very much. I had so much milk that my son was choking as he was drinking as yeah. he was nursing in the morning. And I was like, okay, we're on to something here. And, but then what I realized is that it's not enough just to take the medication. And I had to heal my gut. You know, I had to heal my system. And then a few years after that, I was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr syndrome, um, Epstein-Barr virus. And that explained why I had chronic fatigue for 20 years. And that was probably the underlying cause. That was the underlying cause and total adrenal burnout, you know, for my, for my hypothyroidism. So it's been quite a journey with that as well. Yeah. 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 It's a huge journey. And, um, you know, I always say to women, like your like pregnancy isn't a sign of health. And when you are, I mean, not in your situation and for many women, and that's where the frustration, frustration lies is like, well, they weren't perfect and they got pregnant. It's like, well, okay, exactly. that's yes. their journey. But if you're looking at using medical treatment to bypass some of those steps that their body was able to take, you're just putting yourself at some really big medical risk because pregnancy is absolutely no joke. And even, you know, if you're looking at um, big autoimmune issues like I had, and it's funny, and I'm wondering if it's like a Scorpio thing that we don't <laughs> present normally because I didn't have all the normal autoimmune issues that are related to fertility. I wasn't presenting that way. Right. Um, and so like, even though I was saying, I think I have this, I'm like, no, you're not having re uh, reoccurring miscarriages. That can't be you. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's so important. And especially when it comes to postpartum, you know, like a lot of women are struggling to breastfeed now and it's, it's, that's not normal. And it has everything to do with your mental and emotional health. 
and the way your pituitary, your penile, um, and your hypothalamus are acting. And then that all leads to your thyroid. And if those things aren't working, the things that your body could naturally easily do just are going to be a huge struggle. And then as you know, is heartbreaking for a woman who wants to breastfeed, right? Like, I'm not saying you have to breastfeed or anything like that, but if that's something that you really wanted, it it's hard to, Oh yeah. To do for it, not to be working like the way you thought it, it should, or wanted it to. I felt like a huge failure. I felt like a failure as a woman. I felt like a failure as a mother. I ended up taking Domperidone, a prescription drug that was um, compounded for me um, to increase my milk supply. I pumped around the clock for (laughs) for nine months. Um, And I did have milk, but my son also had tongue tie, which was undiagnosed with all of the specialists that we went to. It's like, I don't know. It's like I had some crazy karma to pay off with all of this. (laughs) Seriously, because I think back to this and I'm just like, I, it's not like I didn't try. I tried everything. I sought out so much help and like nobody could help me. In fact, I had, um, even the second time around when I, when my milk supply kind of vanished after like three months, I remember my doula saying to me, you just need to relax. You just need to relax. And I was like, fuck you. Like, Look at all these other women who are obviously totally stressed out and they are like, they're producing tons of milk. So the message I kept getting was that I wasn't perfect enough, Mm -hmm. that I just wasn't perfect enough, that I was too stressed out, that I wanted it too much, that I was putting too much pressure on myself, that I was causing the problems. That was the message that I received over and over and over again. Yeah. It was, it was really hard. Yeah. Really hard. And the shitty thing is, is that like, if you knew the right steps you needed to take, then you would have been doing them, right? Like you were trying to do all the right steps, but because, you know, um, do you look back at your journey and like, I just hear, I heard you kept saying, I was trying to tell these doctors, this is what my intuition was saying. And even though I wasn't the expert in it, here is what's happening in my body please listen. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Over and over again. And nobody would listen. I mean, even with that endocrinologist who said like, you've got a goiter. Hello. Like you got a goiter. Something's off with your thyroid, but he's like, I'm not going to medicate you, you know? And, uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like, that's why I'm like, I must have some crazy karma that I had to work through with that because I was, it's like, I was, I was seeking out the help. I was saying like, this is what I think is going on. And everyone was just dismissing me. You know, they were Mm -hmm. just dismissing me um, because I, I was so high functioning, so high functioning for what I was experiencing Mm -hmm. internally. It's like my willpower, it trumped everything else. It's like it masked what was going on. You know, I, I would say, a large majority of my clients are the same way is that, and even in my situation, they just like kind of look at you and look at what you're doing in your life. And they're like, well, no, they're, they're surely you're not experiencing anything because if you were, you would just not be able to do that where exactly rightly or wrongly, it was ingrained in us to 
keep going like do 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 like almost on yeah. like the emotional level like big girls don't cry you know like don't show totally. your weaknesses and like being sick and needing help the way our society taught us is a weakness right absolutely and that I was like am I sick or am I just making this up I just need to get over myself it was so confusing to me mm-hmm. you know I was like does everybody feel this way? Does everyone feel this exhausted all the time yet? They're still like making it in the world because I, you know, it, but it was so confusing to me. It was so confusing to me. And so I felt like the only option I had because I wanted it so badly was to just keep going yeah, and keep trying. Yeah. With your hindsight now, like all the knowledge you have on the holistic side, like obviously getting a doctor to listen to you and getting that medical support is life-changing. And I don't think people should steer away from that. Um, But like you say, you still want to tackle the root cause while you're using that medical support. So, you know, hopefully you don't need the medicine or at least you stop the train going into the ditch, right? And you start kind of chugging up the hill instead of like going down it and you get that support. What would you do um, while you're seeking this medical support? What would you have done differently to support your thyroid? Well, you know, we talked about this the other day briefly, you and I, but what I came to find out over the course of several years is that there was a real strong energetic component to why my thyroid was suppressed. And so it was through doing really deep healing energy work um, to clear this very oppressive energy that was in my throat chakra. Um, Once I did that, and that happened like in the last year, actually, I was able to reduce my medication. And so, you know, I, it's hard to say like what I would have done differently in hindsight, because I also know that this is a journey that I had to go through to get to this point. But if I had been able to be like, oh, let me just, let me just take care of all this. You know, I would have sought out um, energy healing. Um, I would have done subconscious reprogramming around knowing that I was worthy and deserving of having, having what I want, because if, you know, for me, I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that I was worthy and deserving. And so I was subconsciously in a way blocking my own success. I was, mm-hmm. I was creating the infertility subconsciously, energetically, right? It's like whatever we believe subconsciously, we carry that in our field. We carry that in our energetic field. And so all of these limiting self-beliefs that I held, that I wasn't worthy and deserving, that I didn't have the right to have the kind of life that I want, that everyone else was more deserving somehow than I was. And this all comes from what I was taught growing up as a child, right? These Mm -hmm. are all my childhood wounds. So I would have addressed all of these things um, to be able to move through that, to to heal, to, to have a healthy set of beliefs around my desires, my worthiness, my deservingness, all of that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, that's really the missing piece for a lot of people who are all doing all the physical stuff, right? Um, You know, the diet and, you know, healing the gut and getting, lowering the toxins and all those things. And Brazil, you know, still presenting with problems. Um, and then like stress is obviously like a huge thing, right? And it's yeah. infertility causes stress, 
more stress, right? Uh, Being gaslit by the doctors cause more stress, right? Like, so all these things are like toppling on top of you. Um, Why are you, you know, so it's really hard sometimes to deal with them when you're in the thick of it and you just feel like you have no one's listening to you. And I just had this one-to-one client just popped into my head of like, um, she had a lot, a lot of things going on during COVID uh, fertility wise and lots of treatment. And um, she got the vaccine, she got the booster. And I, I think this whole combination of everything happening, her periods went wonky. Mm. but she said what pissed her off the most like it didn't like she wasn't mad she didn't blame like anything specific on that happening but she's like the doctors aren't listening to me yes yes like this woman had like every statistic and test done so she knew what was going on and she saw where things were like wonky and yeah. she was like, it's, they don't believe me. They're not listening to me. And like, when we were having our conversation, I was, you know, like, you're there to listen. Like, that's yeah. kind of like what a coach is so different to a doctor is one, we have the time and one that's like part of what we do. And we know how valuable that is because even if what you're saying is crazy and like makes no sense, we know what it feels like to not be listened and gaslit. So we sit and listen and really help you try to piece it together of like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe it was the vax, but let's look at the bigger picture and everything that was going on during that time. And can you see how this situation contributed to that situation? And then you're in this situation um, where like, you know, most medical physicians just like, unfortunately just don't have the time and don't care and don't think that's related. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, a huge part of us as coaches holding space. It's like, it's the whole, it's that sacred holding space for our clients. And that in and of itself is, is transformative, just energetically what happens when we sit with someone and we create that safe space, that safe container for someone to feel held and to feel seen and listened to a transformation happens Mm. just through doing that. And also as coaches, we don't claim that we are the authority, right? We're here to work together with our clients. And so that is also incredibly healing and empowering for the people that we're working with, you know, because I think in the medical system, it's like you go in there and you're like, well, I just got to do what they say because they're, they're the authority, but you know, we are, we have such incredible innate wisdom. Our Mm. intuition is, is pretty much always spot on. And so, I mean, that's such a powerful tool in the healing process and, you know, in the fertility process and in the trying to conceive process, it's like really trusting our intuition. And I think that when our, when we are given that space to actually be heard and to be listened to, and for our intuition and our own inner wisdom to be acknowledged, that's when we can also start to see that, you know what, I also have my own divine timing and I can maybe relax into this a little bit, right? Because that's, I mean, looking back, that's another thing that I would have, like, that's my, I would have told, you know, that's what I'd love to tell myself, you know, my 31 year old self, now I'm 45, but I would have, I would love to go back and tell her like, 
everything in divine timing, everything in divine timing, you know, like just try to try to surrender it to, to your own timing. Um, because again, that like trying to be on someone else's timeline, right? It's like, if you're not pregnant by this time and something's wrong and there's so much pressure and that creates so much stress. And so it's something really transformative that happens when we hold space for people and when we listen. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think part of our jobs now too, is to help them tap into their intuition. Yes. Right. Um, Because I know we can look back at our journeys and go, I followed my intuition there. I didn't follow my intuition there. Look at the results. And when you give that power to them, they feel it's like a different level. It's like, oh my gosh, I can actually stand up for myself. I can make these choices for myself and not worry about what society is going to think. Um, so I think that's a really, really important tool. And, um, I always say this, my listeners know, like I am a hundred percent confident that if I got pregnant at 27, when we first started trying to conceive, I would be divorced and a single mom. Um, Mm. because I, not that my husband doesn't have his own bullshit, (laughs) (laughs) as he does. Um, I had a lot, right. And, um, And I think it would have just even been that dynamic of like, he was in the Royal Air Force and his job was the important one. And he had to go out and do the things. And I, I would have just not been able to mentally be present and all the things. And then I would have just continued on the generational trauma of the shit that I was carrying from my own parents that they unconsciously gave me as well. Right, Um, right. So I, I am now forever grateful for my journey, even though, okay, it didn't need to be as long and traumatic as yeah. it was. Um, yeah. I get the divine timing. Now I'm a way better mom because of yeah. it. And um, I even do believe, and this is just what I'm, I'm just projecting it, that it's going to make my husband look at his BS in his own time. And, Mm -hmm. um, I always say he's like Yoda, he's like crazy. And so once he's able to tap into that stuff, I'm like, watch out world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's, yeah, he's going to have to, at some point he's married to a Scorpio, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like it's like whatever's, whatever's lurking beneath the surface, we're here to, to bring it out. You know, like we are, we are alchemists. And so, you know, this is, that's part of what we do. That's why just being in our presence as Scorpios, there's an alchemy that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and I'm going to leave this conversation right there because we start diving into human design and I think it could just be its own beautiful episode. So all the links uh, to Fosia are down below in the show notes and make sure you tune in next week to discover how human design can help you during your fertility journey. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.